there's always enough money for drugs and alcohol. It's just the everything else there isn't enough money for. It was more fun being stoned or, or drunk than it was to be sober. And when I got to my brother-in-law's house, I was probably close to three sheets to the wind. And he said, hey, this is my new motorcycle. You want to ride it? I said, well, of course I do. And I can remember waking up on a gurney on an ambulance uh, in a lot of pain. And I heard a woman say, I thought he was dead. And then he moaned. I couldn't see it as I was struggling through the consequences. But when the consequences came to an end, God's plan was always perfect. Have you ever been sitting in church and wondered why the minister was speaking directly to you? Maybe it wasn't the minister. Maybe it was God. Maybe God was pursuing you, chasing you, calling you. Have you ever had something happen in your life that made you think about the direction that you're headed? Have you ever had a wake-up call and thought, I need to answer the phone right now? Sometimes God creates circumstances just for me so that I will recognize his voice, his calling to me. Today, I've got a friend who was pursued by God, and I can't wait to hear his story. I'm Eric Hutchinson. Welcome to the If Nothing Changes podcast. So, hey, friend, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit something about yourself? Well, hi, Eric. Uh, thanks for having me on today. Uh, my name is Doug Mitzner. Uh, I'm a native, native Californian. Uh, I grew up there in the age 62. I transplanted to Northwest Arkansas, and I've been here for six years, and I just love every minute of it. Oh, well, Doug, it's so glad to have you here today, and uh, thanks for joining our podcast. I want to ask you a little bit about your past, kind of where you grew up. I know you weren't always here in Northwest Arkansas, so tell us where you were born and where you grew up. Tell us about your mom, your dad, and how many brothers and sisters you have. Well, I grew up in uh, the Northern Bay Area in California. I, my mother and my father, we were in a town called Sunnyvale, California. My dad actually passed away when I was six years old. And my mom and I lived together for three years until my mom remarried my stepfather. And I, he came with two sisters, one older, one younger. So I went from being an only child to having two sisters, and that was uh, quite an experience. <laughs> well, do you remember much about your biological dad or not many memories? I do not. And, you know, Eric, it was just uh, such a blessing because my sisters and my dad are really not step-sisters and stepfather. They are, I consider them to be my real, real father. We grew up together. We had a wonderful relationship we probably had a better relationship than most biological families. Oh, that's really neat. So you don't have any full brothers or sisters then? I do not. Okay. So w tell me about your house and interacting with your sisters. And I know that just the fact that you have sisters that, you know, you're a boy, they're a girl, and they're different and you're different. And so how was the interaction with them? Were you, were you close to your sisters young or did that come later or not? I think we just blended immediately. And I did my best to torment them every chance I got. <laughs> Well, how about your how about your stepdad then? Were you close to him? Did you guys go fishing, or what? How was your relationship like? I didn't. We did not uh, do any hunting or fishing. Uh, my dad was an engineer. Uh, he worked, uh, and he was very a very good father. Uh, he provided, uh, taught me what I needed to know. Uh, and as far as uh, outside relationship of the home, we really didn't have one. Yeah. What about your mom? Were you close to your mom? I was very close to my mom. My mom was a Christian woman. 
uh, very loving, very caring, and she taught me compassion. Um, she taught me love. She taught me uh, who I am today. Oh, it sounds like you're close to her. Yeah. So you say your mom's a Christian. So whenever you were young, did was that real obvious to you that she was a Christian? Did you even know what a Christian was? I did not. Uh, she was, by her actions, a Christian. I did not know, even know what a Christian was when I was younger. Uh, we did go to church. Uh, we spent time. It wasn't an every Sunday thing, but uh, we went to church. And the thing about church when I went then was I don't think I was ever really taught about who Jesus was and the relationship that I needed to have with him. I got taught about all the stories from the Bible, uh, but not about what a relationship with Jesus Christ is about. So, and I guess that's a little foreign to me. If you're in church, you would think that that would be a priority, that they would talk about a relationship with Jesus Christ. But So did you go to Sunday school? Did you go to vacation Bible school? Was there any teaching? You said you learned the stories. So uh, so for you, it was more of a history lesson than than, than a relationship thing? or Yes, it was just basically a history lesson. And I just, it may have been me, but I just never picked up on the relationship that I needed to have with Jesus. So did you guys stay in the same house where you, uh, or did you move around a lot? What, how was your uh, dynamic there? Both my mom and my stepfather sold their homes and then bought a new house, and we moved into a new home, a little bit bigger home than what we were in. Uh, and that was the house I lived in until I got out and got married. Oh, wow. So you were there for a long time in yeah. that that in that house. Yes. So tell me about uh, school. So uh, elementary school, going through elementary school, going through uh, junior high and high school. And so you were, you said that your sisters, that you guys blended, but did, uh, did you guys, were you guys remain close during that time or was it just uh, fighting like cats and dogs? Oh, no, no. We didn't, we didn't always fight like cats and dogs. We all got along very well. Um, school was, elementary school is kind of a blur and we'll get into that a little later is the reason for that when, when I got into high school, but uh, uh, the junior high that I went to was right straight across the street from the house. I had a hundred yard walk to get to school every morning. Uh, my sister, one of them is a year older than I am, and then my younger sister is three years younger. So I was always in school with my older sister, but not my younger sister. Uh, but we did, we, we got along really well. So in junior high, probably was my first uh, uh, experience of being polluted by the world, I guess I could say, uh, which carried on into my high school years. So, so tell me about that. So, when you say polluted by the world, are you talking about language? Are you talking about bad jokes? Are you talking about alcohol? Probably are you talking about drugs? I mean, what what are you referring to? Drugs and alcohol. It was a thing that you know the, we'd have people come to uh, talk about addictions in school, and all that did was just made me curious. Mm. So, as the curiosity bloomed, I started to test. Uh, probably in eighth grade, which carried on into my high school years. Uh, so I was I was smoking dope, I guess I should. And then I was uh, first week of high school, my freshman year, got suspended for smoking and smoking cigarettes in the bathroom, which that didn't bode well with my family. <laughs> uh, so got past that. Uh, second year of high school, I got put into juvenile hall for drug related. Um, actions spent nine days in juvenile hall which uh was not fun uh, i did make it through my junior and senior year unscathed and made it out of high school with a graduation i got a diploma so so tell me about so where does an eighth grader 
find drugs and they don't have much money. I mean, so, you know, the, I mean, is it just peers, uh, other guys that are doing it? I mean, where do you, how do you, how do you connect with other people like that? And I also, uh, second part of the question is, did you see any, uh, abuse or dysfunctions in your family with your stepdad, your mom or anything? I mean, did you witness any of that? So why don't you answer the first question first? Like, where do you find that? Well, stuff? you, Basically, where I found it was at the park. You know, we go hang out with people, and the people you hang out with are probably not the best character uh, people to hang out with. So I would uh, see what was going on, and I thought, well, that's something that I wanted to try. So I got involved in that um, and just went on to just continue my uh, drug-related activities until I perfected them. Right. <laughs> and uh, But my dad was an alcoholic, so I think from... From that aspect, it did not turn me off from drinking. It probably more led me into, uh, I did not have an abusive father. Uh, he was a very good father, uh, but yet there was, he, he was an alcoholic. So when did you first realize that he was an alcoholic? Was that term used? Did he say, I'm an alcoholic? Did your mom say, call him an alcoholic? Or was it just something that you learned from other people? And you said, yeah, my dad drinks way too much. He must be an alcoholic. Just something that you learn from what you see maybe on TV or from other people that you knew your dad drank too much. And that by the time it was time for you to go to bed at night, he was three sheets to the wind. So... So whenever you said there was no real abuse, and I'm assuming you're meaning physical abuse and maybe no emotional abuse either, how... I mean, what was your motivation was uh, for doing drugs uh, in junior high and high school? Was it, were you just experimenting and you liked the way it made you feel? Or were you running from something? Or did you say, you know what, I want to medicate because I'm having such a bad time at home or anything like that? So, No, no bad time at home. I don't think I had any, any issues. It was just something that made me feel good. And yeah. I enjoyed doing it. Um, it was more fun being stoned or, or drunk than it was to be sober. So would you classify yourself at that age as being addicted to it? Or do you say, nah, I was just, I could have dropped it at any time. I don't think it was physical at that point. It was probably more psychological. It was just more fun to just to go out and party and hang out with people because yeah. you are much more free when you are either drunk or stoned. So mm -hmm. it's much easier to talk with people and, and just have conversation, I guess you could say. So you graduated high school. I did graduate high school, uh, okay, so only by the grace of God. Yeah. So you got through high school. So did you go to college, or did you go straight into the workforce? I went straight into the workforce, started working in a machine shop. Actually, my first job was in a restaurant. My second job was crushing coal uh, for a company called Utah Construction and Mining. So I would crush coal. I would come home at night covered from head to toe with coal dust. I did that for three months, and I said to myself, this is not what I want to do for my living. So... So I got a job in a machine shop, and I spent the next 43 years working in a machine shop. 43 years. Wow, you were a company man. Yep. So now your dad was an engineer, is what you said. Now yes. I'm assuming you're he, – so he did go to school College, and, yes. get, and get an engineering degree yes. and everything, but you went straight into the workforce, blue collar. Um, mm -hmm. So did that encourage you to continue your drug use and your alcohol, or did you kind of grow out of that? Nope. It did. It didn't. It just followed me right into right into the workforce. Uh, at 19, I met my my wife, uh, and we got married. I was 19, she was 20, and I was still in my um, worldly, I guess, state. Uh, and my wife was a Christian. Uh, probably not something that we really talked about too much, but. 
my lifestyle did not uh, mesh with her lifestyle. So, so whenever you got married, or actually while you were dating, you guys didn't talk about the God thing or religion or anything, really? You just kind of dated and then went right into getting nope, married? No, nope. And I always uh, give my wife a bad time, said we knew each other for about three weeks before we got married, but <laughs> it probably was more like nine months. So wow, so that was quick. And you're was. still married. And I'm still married. It's going to so be tell 48 me, years. So tell me how that works. So it sounds to me like you brought some of your bad habits into the marriage a little bit, and, and she's starts noticing that maybe it's a little more prevalent than maybe what she knew or maybe what she was comfortable with. So did she just, was she very outward about approaching you or how did that happen? We did. She, we spent a lot of time in silence. Um, my wife is really good about giving me the silent treatment. So I, I knew right away that uh, that was going to be an issue. And we made it for the first three, three or four years. Uh, seemingly okay but it as it went on it started to wear and it got worse and worse so things were starting to deteriorate uh, after two or three years of marriage so oh, wow did you go to counseling at all or we did, did not oh, you did not so so what w when did things starting to get better well um it, have to think about that one for just a minute so what basically happened was uh we went one night over to my brother-in-law and sister's house for dinner but prior to me getting to my brother-in-law's house I was with somebody else I was drinking and uh, smoking some marijuana and when I got to my brother-in-law's house I was probably close to three sheets to the wind and he said hey this is my new motorcycle you want to ride it I said well of course I do so I hopped on the, the, the motorcycle and I headed off down the road uh, and I have absolutely no memory of really what happened after that other than the fact that uh, I went off of the road into this huge ditch, um, and I tried to pull up on the handlebars, but I did not, and I crashed. And I can remember waking up on a gurney on an ambulance uh, in a lot of pain, and I heard a woman say, I thought he was dead, and then he moaned. So tell me, did you have serious injuries? I mean, did you have to spend time in the hospital, or what happened? So they rushed you to the hospital. And Took me what? to the hospital. I had uh, bruised a lung. Of course, I was knocked out, uh, broke my collarbone. Uh, while I was in the hospital, um, of course, they take blood and do all of the things that they do. Um, and I was probably in a hospital two or three days, and they released me. Yeah. So you said they took their took your blood. They did. So we didn't know any better. So we got back out, and I was still drinking and doing the things that I was doing. Um, we got a letter in the mail. It was from the Santa Clara County Police Department saying that I had a walk-in warrant. So they had taken my blood in the hospital, and uh, my blood level was above what was legal. So I had to go in and be booked, and I was arrested for drunk driving. So let me stop you there for a second. What does a walk-in, I don't know what that means. What is a walk-in warrant? Rather than, well, because I was in the hospital, they couldn't just take me straight to jail. So what they do is they send the letter out and say you have X amount of days to come to the county uh, office and, and be booked. And then once you're booked, uh, they let me out on my own recognizance. Recognizance? Is that the right word? And uh, I just had to wait for all of the, the court stuff to go through. So did you walk into the police station and say, hey, here I am? I did. They made me hold the little poster, and they took my picture, and they took my fingerprints. <laughs> So, so what did uh, did you have to do jail time or what was the what was the uh, sentence? I did not have to do jail time. 
I did have to, however, do three weekends on the what they call the weekend work program where you're out on the side of the freeway picking up trash. The chain gang. The chain gang. So did you have any regret? So you're out there working on the highway besides the fact that you got caught. And so did you ever say, man, you know, how did I get to this, this point in my life? Or at that point, you're just like, you know what? I got caught, but I'm going to go right back into doing what I was doing. Uh, the second portion of that, I don't think I'm smart enough to, to reflect to see that what I was doing was wrong. So basically, uh, things were going along just the way they were. Um, and I truly believe that was a time when God was starting to, to, to work his Holy Spirit on me. I was being convicted, but yet I was still more attached to the world than the conviction hadn't taken part. And we got a letter in the mail again talking about classes that you have to go to because of the DUI, and I had to pay a fine for, even though I worked on the, the weekend work program, I had to pay for that. Uh, and it was quite expensive. So God says, I can't get you physically I'm going to get you monetarily. So it was very expensive to get through the just the court portion of the experience. So I started paying a little bit more attention. Mm. So you didn't. So during that time, did did you not have enough money for drugs and alcohol, or did that continue? No. Well, there's always enough money for drugs and alcohol. It's just the everything else there isn't enough money for. But uh, I think the classic part about this whole thing was that while I was out on the the weekend work program, uh, one of my wife's long, longtime friends, she actually lived with her before we got married, uh, invited her to go to church. So while I was out hoeing weeds on the side of the road, my wife was going to church with one of her best friends. Wow. Did God start doing something in her life whenever she started going? I think it, it re rekindled the fire that she had prior to us getting married. So... So did she put a little pressure on you to, to uh, come join her there or not? Yeah, after I healed up, uh, one of the questions she said to me was, how come we don't go to church? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I said, I think it would be a good idea to take our kids to church. We had two boys at the time, and my wife was pregnant with the third one. And uh, I said, yeah, I think our kids need to go to church. So, so you had two boys, and you had a, a one on the way. So was there any thought in your mind? I mean, you were drugs, alcohol, and you two young boys. I mean, did you worry about them seeing you or that really didn't care? There was never a thought in my mind. Wow. Okay. So did you bring that home or did you just pretty much kept that out of the house? Well, I drank at home. I, oh, I didn't, didn't. I didn't take, I didn't do any drugs at home or in front of the children. That was never, they were never exposed to that. Right. Okay, so your wife says, hey, let's go to church. Let's uh, start uh, attending church because I think it's a good thing. And so um, when you went the first time, was it like, uh, you know, the whistle was blowing or something was happening or was it kind of like a, a slow process? No, it was, it was apprehensive. I mean, I'd, I hadn't been to church for at least a couple of years. Once I turned 18, I pretty much stopped going to church. And then uh, one of the first guys I met when I walked onto the campus of the church was the man who was in charge of the work program that was out with us hoeing weeds. So I immediately had a connection to the church. I knew who he was, and we had a, a good relationship while I was out hoeing weeds. So it was, I think, God kind of just putting pieces into, into play as he does. What's the odds that... The guy that you were out there, um, you know, cleaning up the side of the road would go to the same church that, you know, you guys visited. It's God's odds. That's, am <laughs> that's, that's amazing. 
So, okay. So did, was there an aha moment for you? Where, where was it that you felt like the, uh, you know, uh, you, that you started making a change as we started, um, going on Sundays, uh, every Sunday morning when we'd sit and listen to the pastor preach, he, I knew that the preacher was only talking to me. Uh, every word he said went against my lifestyle. Every word, uh, I don't want to make it sound like against it, but but he was talking about the things that take over our lives, and I could hear that and I could see that. And I always used to go out of the church and tell my wife that that was a bloody toes sermon. <laughs> He's stepping on them, huh? Yep. <laughs> so did you feel convicted at I, that point? I did, and I started to pick up a Bible, and I started to read my Bible. Um, and I found myself starting to understand more and more who God was and who Jesus Christ was. And I would go to bed at night, and I would have a number of books laying on my bed, reading a, a, a diction, Bible dictionary, my Bible, probably another version of a Bible, so I could try to understand. I started to seek. The Holy Spirit, I think, was just alive uh, alive on me, just really convicting me to find out who Jesus was. Wow, that's amazing. So he definitely pursued you. And I guess as you look back, can you see his hand guiding your path a little bit? Every moment of my life, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. And in my worst troubles that I've ever had, um, I couldn't see it as I was struggling through the consequences. But when the consequences came to an end, God's plan was always perfect. Mm-hmm. So now I hear people talk about that aha moment, and sometimes it's a you know an actual decision that they make. They go down front, they pray with a pastor, and then they get baptized and all that. I mean, was that your experience, or how did that happen with you? That was the one thing I I didn't do. Uh, as I guess there was an aha moment when I realized, aha, I need to change what I'm doing. So, of course, I prayed and asked Christ into my heart, and He came into it. Did so, you do that by yourself or did you I, do that with somebody? I did that all by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go forward to church. Oh, goodness, I wouldn't want to walk up in front of the church. You know how that goes. Um, but from that point on, things started to change. Now, a lot of people will say the immediate change doesn't always happen, but in my life, I think it was pretty much immediate uh, because the desire for the alcohol and the drugs just pretty much went away. Um so I was very fortunate. Uh, my, my marriage got exponentially better uh, simply because I was no longer living in the world, but I started to live for Jesus. Well, that's awesome. And you're right. A lot of people, it's a very slow process, and sometimes they have to go through hell and high water to mm-hmm. get to the point where they are making change. But it sounds to me like God just miraculously changed you. He, he did. And one of the things probably I didn't really say when I was going through all this DUI stuff, um, the courts had me. They took all of my money. Um, but God showed me grace, I think, in this because it never went to my insurance company. I never was hit with any higher premiums. You know, God is f- funny how he works. I know that my mom was praying for me, and she did all my life because I gave her ulcers, I'm sure. Um so God's, God's grace is always sufficient, and uh, I think that little portion of that was that he um, just said, okay, I see that you've, you've gotten it. Let's no longer push. <laughs> oh. 
Well, Doug, it's been awesome to have you here. What is God doing in your life now? Where Where are you now? Is are you serving Him in any way, or what's uh, what's going on in your life? Oh, I am. I, I go to New Life Christian Church, uh, and I work with eleventh eleventh grade boys. Uh, and on Saturday nights, I work with fifth and sixth graders. Uh, I try to teach them what I don't think was ever taught to me mm. uh, when I went to church. Uh, so you're teaching them about relationship a relationship little bit. Relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and as we talk about just the different things that happened in our lives, even when I didn't know who Jesus was, the things that happened, I can see that he was with me, even in those tough times. And as I go forward, my life isn't perfect. Uh, it probably will never be perfect. Uh, my life isn't always happy. Uh, there's always turmoil. Uh, we have a stressful world. But I know that I don't have to walk this world by myself. Mm, I know amen. that Jesus is step by step with me. Amen. Well, let me ask you this, and this is the last question. So I never know who's going to be listening to this podcast. What if someone is listening and they are feeling a little bit of movement in their spirit right now? Maybe they're they're saying, you know, I grew up and I wasn't really told about a relationship with Christ either. And maybe I'm not happy with my life the way it is right now. And I've sought maybe the worldly things, whether it be drugs, alcohol, or money, or whatever it is. And I just, uh, I don't find um, happiness. I don't find peace in those things. And I'm searching. So what would you tell the person that is maybe feeling a little bit of that tug, or maybe they have grew up like you did, and just say, you know, uh, this is the first I've heard about a relationship with Jesus, what would you tell those people? God wants to have a relationship with you, but you have to take the first step and let him know you're willing. So just just pray and ask ask God to come into your life, and, and he promises that he'll do that in his word, and we trust God as his promise because it never changes. Thanks, Doug, for sharing your story with us. Hey, if you are listening today and you feel God is calling out to you, maybe circumstances in your life has grabbed your attention and you're now listening. God is pursuing you, but God doesn't force his will on us. He calls out to us and waits for us to answer him. Are you ready to answer God's call in your life? Maybe you are ready to allow God to start changing you. Well, if nothing changes, nothing changes. See you next time.